0: And uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day to day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be pursuing wisdom. Let's begin in Proverbs chapter 3. In Proverbs chapter 3, starting in the thirteenth verse, it says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom, and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retain of her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth, by understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up, the clouds drop down their dew. My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then in the 35th verse, it says the wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Wisdom is one of the greatest gifts that God offers to us. When we have the gift of wisdom operating in our lives, it has benefits that come with it. Among those benefits are happiness, long life, wealth, honor, pleasure, peace, among many others. These are all great benefits, and it's good for us to have them, but they should not be the reason why we are seeking wisdom. They should be, and rightfully are, the manifestation of the gift of wisdom operating within our lives. Wisdom is defined as a noun, meaning the right use or exercise of knowledge, the choice of laudable ends, and of the best means to accomplish them. This is wisdom in act, effect, or practice. If wisdom is to be considered as a faculty of the mind, it is the faculty of discerning or judging what is most just, proper, and useful. And if it is to be considered as an acquirement, it is the knowledge and use of what is best, most just, most proper, most conducive to prosperity or happiness. Wisdom in the first sense, or practical wisdom, is nearly synonymous with discretion. It differs somewhat from prudence in this respect. Prudence is the exercise of sound judgment in avoiding evils. Wisdom is the exercise of sound judgment either in avoiding evils or attempting good. Prudence then is the species of which wisdom is the genus. Wisdom is mentioned 222 times throughout the Bible. The ancient Israelites considered it one of the highest virtues. Proverbs 4 and 7 says wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. We should covet earnestly to have wisdom as an active part of our lives and as one of our marks of our character. The type of wisdom we are referring to here is different than the type of wisdom that is a gift of the Holy Spirit, which is word of wisdom. With the gifts of the Holy Spirit, some gifts are given to one and not the other. But with the type of wisdom that we are speaking of here, we are all commanded to ask God for it, and it is all our right to have it if we earnestly covet and simply ask for it. This is part of our inheritance as heirs and joint heirs with Christ. Wisdom is a crucial part of our Christian life. We should truly and deeply desire to be wise people. It makes a difference in our lives and in the lives of those around us. Since wisdom is such an important part of our life and our walk of faith, we need to learn how to get it. First, we need to understand that wisdom is a gift. Wisdom can't be learned and it can't be taught. You can't go to school for wisdom, and you can't work for wisdom. It must be received. It is a gift freely given by God to anyone who will ask for it. Proverbs 2 and 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. The Lord gives it. It is our job to ask and receive it. James 4 and 2 says, You have not because you ask not. Asking is the key. God desires for us to be wise, so when we ask, we need to do so expecting and trusting that he will give us what we are desiring. We know that he will give us wisdom because it is in his will for our lives, and he gives us whatsoever we ask when we ask in the will of God. God will never just give us wisdom automatically or randomly without our asking. We're not born with it. It has to be desired, and it has to be asked for. James 1 and 5. Tells us, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraid if not, and it shall be given him. And this is a great promise that we have from God, and we have to stand on that promise. Let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 1. In Second Chronicles chapter 1, starting in the 6th verse, it says, And Solomon went up Tiver to the brazen altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of the congregation and offered a thousand burnt offerings upon it. In that night did God appear unto Solomon, and said unto him, Ask what I shall give thee. And Solomon said unto God, Thou hast showed great mercy unto David my father, and hast made me to reign in his stead. Now, O Lord God, let thy promise unto David my father be established, for thou hast made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Give me now wisdom, and knowledge, that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this thy people that is so great? And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast asked a long life, but hast asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people over whom I have made thee king. Wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee, and I will give thee riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Neither shall there any after thee have the like. Then Solomon came from his journey to the high place that was at Gibeon, to Jerusalem, from before the tabernacle of the congregation and reign over Israel. Solomon did the same thing that God commanded us to do in the book of James. He desired wisdom, and he asked God for it. Because he asked, he received it. God granted him his request. He received wisdom and all the benefits that come with it. He received the same benefits that we found earlier in Proverbs chapter 3. These same things are available to us today. God promises them to anyone who willingly asks for and receives wisdom from God. Psalm 103 and verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse 11 of Second Chronicles 1 is important. It says, And God said to Solomon, Because this was in thine heart, and thou hast not asked riches, wealth, or honor, nor the life of thine enemies, neither yet hast asked long life, but has asked wisdom and knowledge for thyself, that thou mayest judge my people, over whom I have made thee king. He didn't desire and ask for the benefits. He desired and asked for wisdom. His desire was pure. This is why, when he asked for wisdom, God granted his request. James 4 and 3 says, Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. We ask amiss when we outwardly say that we want wisdom, but inwardly only want the things that come from it. We must keep our desire pure if we are to ever receive and truly operate in real wisdom. And it was the gift of wisdom that he received that prepared him when he began to operate in it to receive the benefits that come with it. His gift laid the foundation for his right use of his position of wealth and honor. The benefits that we see present throughout Solomon's life, all throughout scripture, is the manifestation of the gift and the level of wisdom that he operated in. He was able to be the wealthiest man in history because he was the wisest man in history. His great wealth and his honor and his power and all the other great things that he did and accumulated in his life, were all birthed out of and rooted in his great wisdom. Proverbs 18 and 1 says, Through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddleth with all wisdom. This verse is very important for us to study. Wisdom is a gift, but it is also a pursuit. Earlier, when we looked at the definition of wisdom, it said, Wisdom is an act, effect, or practice. When we make a practice of something, we are pursuing it. It becomes a habit, something that we do regularly. We should always desire more wisdom. We should never be content with just enough. When we are desiring more and deeper wisdom, we then need to act on that desire, and that becomes the pursuit. And when it comes to this pursuit, this verse gives us four key elements, and those four elements need to be present if we are to be successful. And they are desire separation, seeking, and intermeddling. When we have these four elements present and we are actively pursuing wisdom, God will grant us the wisdom that we are searching for. Proverbs 15 and 33 says, The fear of the Lord is the instructional wisdom, and before honor is humility. Colossians 3 and 16, in the English Standard Version, says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Instruction and teaching are progressive by nature. When we're being instructed, we must grow in the subject that we are being taught in order for the instruction to be truly profitable. The foundation of our pursuit is humility. Humility in this context means understanding that we cannot get wisdom on our own. By our own efforts, but that it can only be given to us by God. Let's go to the book of Colossians, chapter 2. In Colossians, chapter 2, in the first verse, it says, For I would that ye knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. God has all the treasures of wisdom. He has them all. They are hid in Him. They are a part of who He is. The same passage in the ESV reads, To reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding, and in the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom is found in God. It's who he is. It's a part of his character. It's an indelible mark. This is why we must receive wisdom as a gift from him. He grants us wisdom because he has it within him to give. We can only get wisdom from God because he alone possesses all the treasures of wisdom. Now that we have the foundation of our pursuit laid out, we need to build upon it using the four elements that we had found in Proverbs 18.1. The first element of our pursuit is desire. As we saw earlier, we must ask for wisdom with a pure desire for wisdom itself and not the things that come from it. In a similar way, as we pursue more wisdom, we must have a true desire to see the growth that we are looking for. We must desire to have deeper wisdom. Desire is the foundation of any pursuit. It's the first fundamental layer. If a police officer is chasing a criminal, unless he has a desire to catch him, he will abandon his pursuit. Desire is the foundation in any type of pursuit. Desire is also the motivational force behind pursuit. We must also keep in mind why we are pursuing wisdom in the first place. We need to desire it because it's part of God's will for our lives. We should never desire it solely for our own sake or our own glorification. When we work, our desire is for the compensation at the end of the week, not the work itself. The goal of operating in deeper wisdom is why we should desire to pursue it. We desire the goal, not the pursuit itself. This is true of any type of search. Otherwise, pursuits would end in and of themselves. It's our desire to see that goal fulfilled that drives us towards the goal. We should never let our desire for more wisdom die, because there is always more wisdom to get. Wisdom by nature is infinite, like God is infinite. You can have as much wisdom from God as you want. All you need to do is desire it and ask for it. Desire is absolutely necessary to operating in wisdom and pursuing it. The second element is separation. When we're pursuing more and deeper wisdom, it's very important that we take time to get away from the world and all of its distractions and to get along with God. This doesn't mean that we should become monks and live in a monastery somewhere far, far away, but it does mean that we need to set apart some time out of our busy schedules to exclusively be with God and pursue wisdom from his treasuries. The devil wants us to be distracted by the cares of this world, because it's through distractions that he tries to keep us away from God and keep our minds off of spiritual things, like pursuing wisdom. We need to make a conscious effort to push past the distractions and the busyness of life so that we can make time for God. And when we make time for God, he will make time for us. We need to get alone with God because God is the source of the wisdom we are seeking. One of the ways that we receive wisdom from God is through our communion with Him during our prayer time when His Spirit within us can speak wisdom into our spirit. We must remember that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and we must get wisdom from Him alone. We can hear Him better and be better in tune with the Spirit if we get away and get alone with God. Separation is very important in our pursuit. The third element is seeking. In Proverbs 8 and 17, wisdom is speaking and says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Wisdom needs to be searched out. We seek out wisdom in three different ways. The first way is simply asking for more and deeper wisdom. When we ask for something, it indicates that we are seeking for it. This is an outward demonstration of our inward seeking and longing after wisdom. The second way is listening to the voice of God in our spirit and taking what we learn from the Holy Spirit and applying it to our lives. When the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom within our spirit, we need to use our discernment to recognize it and to receive it. The third way is by seeking out wisdom from the Word of God, by prayerfully meditating on the Scripture and waiting on the Lord to grant us revelations and wisdom from His Word. God will do this if we put forth the effort. Seeking is an action and requires us to put forth time and effort into our pursuit. Our pursuit must never be passive. It must be active. We must be actively employed in the search. If we're passive, we'll never get anywhere in our search. On the contrary, if we're active, we will surely reach the goal that we are striving after. Matthew 7, 7 7-8 says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. This is a great promise from God, that if we diligently search for wisdom from him and from his treasuries, we will find it. The fourth and last element is intermeddling. Most Bible commentaries view Proverbs 18.1 in a negative light, and this is because of the word intermeddling. The word has a negative connotation attached to it. One commentary from Matthew Henry demonstrates both this negative connotation and the positive connotation that we're going to look at today. His commentary for Proverbs 18.1 says, The original here is difficult. Some take it as a rebuke to an affected singularity. When men take a pride in separating themselves from the sentiments and society of others in contradicting All that has been said and advancing new notions of their own. It is to gratify a desire of vain glory. And they are seekers and meddlers and pretend to pass a judgment upon every man's matter. Our translation seems to take it as an excitement to diligence in the pursuit of wisdom. If we would get knowledge or grace, we must desire it and must separate ourselves from all those things which would slow us in the pursuit. Retire out of the noise of this world's vanities, and then seek and intermeddle with all the means and instructions of wisdom, and to be acquainted with a variety of options, that we may prove all things and hold fast that which is good. Most commentators interpret this verse to refer to someone who is desiring and seeking after dark wisdom from the devil. The problem with this viewpoint is that it is based off of the false assumption that the devil can give wisdom. Wisdom can never be given by the devil. It is not within his power to give. Wisdom is purely a gift from God. It has no other source. Wisdom is found in God, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom. So then we must ask ourselves, what is the real meaning of the word "intermeddle" here? In this verse, and in this context, it means to concern ourselves with. We need to concern ourselves with wisdom. We need to make it a priority in our lives and in our walk with Christ. That's what it means to seek wisdom early. We must remember that Proverbs 4 and 7 says wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is extremely important. We need it. And we should prioritize our pursuit of wisdom over other things of less importance going on in our lives. Since wisdom is the principal thing, we should concern ourselves with getting it and pursuing after it and not let anything stop us until we reach the goal. When we use these four elements and build them upon the foundation of humility, we will actively and successfully be pursuing wisdom. In the times that we live in, we need to operate in wisdom more now than ever. We are seeing things go on around us that no one has ever seen before. When we're faced with these new and unique circumstances, it's crucial to our spiritual well-being that we can operate in God-given wisdom. We need to know how to react how to respond, and how to rightly apply the knowledge and understanding that we have. Job 28 and 28 says, And unto man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. It all starts with having a relationship with God for ourselves. Once we have that, we need to ask for wisdom, desire it, and pursue it. That's how we get wisdom. All you need to do is ask. The Lord wants to give it to you, but he's waiting for you to ask. It's your decision to make. Proverbs 16 and 16 says, How much better to get wisdom than gold? To get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. God desires for us to have and operate in wisdom. It's his will for our lives. And he also wills for us to enjoy all the great benefits that come with it. Wisdom strengthens and deepens our walk with Christ. It helps us spiritually and in the natural realm also. It helps us in countless practical situations in our day-to-day lives. Operating in wisdom affects every area of our lives. No area remains untouched when we fully have it, and it affects us in more ways than we know. We need to make that decision today, like Solomon did long ago, to ask for and pursue after wisdom. Let's make it today, and when we do, we will receive it from God. And we will see the fulfillment of Proverbs 3.13, which says happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Let's start our journey of wisdom right now. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for wisdom. Give us the true and pure desire to seek after it, not for what it produces, Lord, but for wisdom itself. Help us to draw from your great treasuries of wisdom and in heaven, Lord God. And we thank you that wisdom can only be gained through asking it from you, Lord, that you are the only source, Lord God. And we thank you that you desire to give it to us, Lord, and we deeply desire to receive it from your hand, Lord God. Help us to operate in it and help it to affect us in our day-to-day lives in a practical way and for those around us. We ask that you receive all the glory, the honor, and the praise, and we worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to have wisdom and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for His forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for His free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking your time out to spend with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at Study at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review wherever you're listening to this podcast from. And if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.